going on, people? This is Lecrae. Hey, what's up, y'all? This is Kel Mitchell. Picky one is that? Will be me. Yo, what's up, everybody? It's your boy, Brian Hooks. Hey, what's up, everybody? I'm Dr. Dorinda Clark Cole. Yo, what up, y'all? It's your boy, Kev, on stage. Yo, what's up? This is Doug E. Fresh. What up, what up? It's DJ Emmy for that Breakfast Club. What's up, everybody? It's Mr. Talkbox. Hello there. This is Kim Burrell. Yo, what's up, everybody? This is Cardi Cortez. Well, hello there. I am Ja'Kalen Carr. Good afternoon. It's Jess with the mess. Hey, everyone. This is Faith Jesse. My name is Kid from Kid and Play. Peace to the planet. Charlemagne the God here. What's up, y'all? Las Vegas. It's Sad Entertainer. I want you to download and tune into the greatest gospel station in the Las Vegas area. It's the number one gospel station. Number one gospel station. Number one gospel radio. Check it out. I need you to do me a favor. I need you to go download Anointed Radio app. From either the Apple App Store or Google Play Store. For 24-7 gospel. Make sure to check out their website at anointedradionetwork.com. Music for the soul, music for your spirit, music to lift your heart. That soul food for your body, that energy for your spirit. Gospel in the morning, gospel for lunch, gospel at dinner, and then you go to sleep. You know what? Guess what? You're dreaming about some gospel. Sometimes these are the songs that really uplift us and uh, get us through some of the tough times. Salute Pastor J. Calhoun and Anointed Radio. Know your boy wouldn't steer you wrong. Go listen right now. You feel me? Check them out without no doubt because gospel is what it's all about. Hello, everybody. This is Pastor Jay. We're going to get started in normal fashion. Sorry for the delay. Um, some stuff backstage happened, but we are here and on time and we're going to get this started. So let's first start off with a scripture and a prayer. Um, the scripture is coming out of Psalms 19 and 14. And the scripture says, may these words of my mouth and this meditation of my heart be pleasing in your sight, Lord, my rock and my redeemer. That prayer right there is a prayer that if you speak daily, that God will guide your mouth and what you think that goes to your heart. And you will make sure that you'll be able to protect what you speak, what you are rooted in into your heart. And you got to sometimes pray that because there's a lot of influences. Spirits do jump on people. So you have to get to the point of understanding. They say, God, just let the words that come out of my mouth be pleasing. Let my heart, the meditation of my that's in my heart, let it be right. Because God judged a man by his heart. So if you got some stuff rooted in your heart. Pray that God take it out. Amen. Dear Father God, we just thank you, God. God, we thank you for another day. God, we thank you for being the Alpha and the Omega. God, we thank you for being the, the, the deliverer, the provider. God, we ask you to be in the room tonight. God, be in the, in the conversation. God, let someone be able to hear your word, hear what revelation is coming. 
to someone out there that's been asking for that confirmation, God. God, let us be able to reach the unreachable, teach the unteachable, and even touch somebody with the hardest heart so they can say, what can I do to be saved? God, we just ask you in the midst of all the things that we're going through to be able to root us and center us in you, God, so that we could be able to be balanced in our life and be able to see the evidence of you all around us, God. God, let us be able to have a clear mind, a clear heart, and be able to serve you to the utmost. God, let us be able to thank you in the things that you have given us and not have an ungrateful heart. God, we just ask you to bless every person under the sound of my voice, that they will be able to break new grounds, break every chain, and be able to make a foundation in you that will not be shaken or shifted. God, I ask you to be able to be in this room to increase our visibility at Anointed Radio, to enlarge the territory for us to get to new airwaves, new listeners, new countries, new cities. Let people be able to talk about Anointed Radio because we represent you in the right way, God. So God, we just ask you to enlarge the territory. God, we ask you to be able to bring the people that need to hear what's going to be said tonight. And God, I ask you to be able to just bless the body of Christ so that we could be able to unite and come together so that we could be able to see the growth, see the maturity, see the accomplishments that we could do together other than being separate. So God, we just thank you. We glorify, we give you all the glory and all the praise. We say that all in Jesus' precious name. Amen. 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 It's Pastor Jay. And like always, I got something to say. And what I got to say to this is you can follow me at Anointed Jaylon on all social media platforms. You could see um, all my music on all the digital streaming platforms. Uh, Jesus, you make me happy. Renew my praise. Slip away. Um, all the good music. Just look up Pastor Jaylon Calhoun on all the social media streaming platforms you get to hear my music and if you have not please do me a favor go ahead and share like and subscribe if you're just joining in if you're just watching wherever you're watching we'd love to see in the comments where you're watching from and we'll want you to just share like tag some people tag it to some groups share it out there so because tonight's topic is going to probably get deep and we want to hear from you because as a body of Christ, it's not just us. We could say from our point of view, but we would love to hear from you guys as well. So make sure you share, like, subscribe. All my YouTube people, make sure you share all, and make sure you hit that like button and subscribe to our channel so that you can be able to know every time we go live. Facebook people, same thing. Like our page. Make sure you share it. Uh, add to groups. Do all those different things. Tell your mama, your auntie, and your cousin and them. They'll come follow Anointed Radio and Twitter people. Yes, you can watch our live on Twitter if you tweet. Go ahead and follow us at LV Anointed Radio on Twitter and on Instagram and on Clubhouse because I'll be in these Clubhouse streets when Prophetess Tish drags me. So with that being said, I'm going to go ahead and bring up my co-host. We have Miss Prophetess Tish. We have Miss Simi so real. Hey. We got everybody's favorite auntie, Dr. Marvin Netta Clay, the love child of Marvin Gaye and Etta James. Go ahead and let everybody know, starting with Prophetess Tish, where they can find you. 
I am Prophetess Tish. You can find me on Instagram at fervently.creations. You can also go to my website. Check me out at www.fervently.creations. You can find me on Facebook as Tish Share. You can find me in them clubhouse streets, even once I drag Pastor Jay in there uh, as Prophetess Tish Share. Listen, but you can also find me in Atlanta, Georgia, June 2nd, June 4th for the Prisoner of War in the Mind book lunch and conference. So please don't miss me on there. Go to my website, www.fervelycreations. Go on the conference information, get your tickets, or you can also get your tickets off Eventbrite. We'll see you in June. Dr. Clay. There we go. Ah, uh-oh, did I get frozen? No, you ain't frozen. You good. Oh, okay. Okay. On my end, it's like it's going a little slow. Ah, technical difficulty. But anyway, um, it's good to be back. It's good to see everybody be on here. And, um, you know, you all can find me on all the social media outlets, on um, Facebook, Instagram, and um, also my website. Um, what is it? Dr. Marvin at acclaimmusic.com. Um, follow me, you know, like, share. There's a lot of things that's getting ready to come down the pipe. I'm actually working on my album now and um, getting ready to do some other things. Um, I don't know, I guess they're touring and all this other stuff, but you know, um, this is about to be busy in the next few months. But this Sunday, actually, I'm going to be at Second Baptist for their three o'clock fifth Sunday musical. So if you're not doing anything, you more than welcome to come by those that are here in Las Vegas. And if not, look, you might see some things on my page. So like and share, follow and um, like my music, buy my music, get some streams. Come on. I need more streams. I need you to come on and support. God is so good. All right. Love you. Miss Simi So Real. It's your girl, Simi So Real. And you can find me on Facebook at Simi So Real, one word. You can also find me on Instagram and on TikTok. And also this Sunday at 3 p.m., I'll be doing a little bit of Christian comedy, something to have you crack up. Good medicine. Laughter is good medicine for your soul. And you can catch me at New Greater New Jerusalem Worship Center. Amen. And um everybody say Hallelujah. Amen. <laughs> so um we have we, we're gonna do an open topic, and with this open topic, I wanted to talk about a Bible verse. We're not gonna go deep into it, but we're gonna go a little bit into it, and it's coming out of Romans 14, verse 1. Uh, one through five, and it says, except the ones whose faith is weak without quarreling over disputable matters. One person's faith allows them to eat anything, but another whose faith is weak eats only vegetables. The one who eats everything must not treat with contempt the one who does not. And the one who does not eat everything must not judge the one who does, for God has accepted them. Who are you to judge someone else servant to their master? Servant, stand or fall, and they will stand, for the Lord is able to make them stand. One person considers one day more sacred than another. Another considers every day alike. Each of them should be fully convinced in their own mind. I wanted to go into that because a lot of us are, are in the church. How can I say this? 
gang banging on who's the best Christian. I'm, I do the best Christian because I fast 20 days. I'm a, I'm a great Christian because I can sing in church every Sunday. I'm a great Christian because um, I have no grudges. I'm a great Christian because I'm th this. But God is saying if somebody is weak in a subject that you're not, you shouldn't be sitting there judging them. And a person that's not where they're supposed to be, you're not supposed to be putting them in contempt saying, oh, why ain't you there? Because there's a scripture that I was told a long time ago, and I'm opening it up to everybody to talk about this, um, where scripture says, if someone is turned away from God and it was due to your fault, their blood is on your hands. Do not touch his anointed is, 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 is very, 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 very powerful warning for us because we don't have a heaven or hell to put nobody in. So we got to get to a point before we go. Sometimes we got to, uh oh, should I say it? And it has no benefit. If you ain't got nothing nice to say, like Big Mama used to say, don't say nothing at all. There's a time to speak and there's a time to be quiet. So go ahead, y'all. I'm going to go around. Whoever want to go first. What do y'all think about that scripture, Romans 14, 1 through 5? Oh, don't jump at all at once, you know. I thought Prophetess Tish was gonna say something first. I'm trying to behave. I'm trying to behave. Share, share. Listen, because so once I hear this, I look at how, as he was saying, like a lot of us were game banging in the church, and you're wondering why. People are turning away. The reason why generations are why the churches are not as full are so many different churches and stuff going on because we have gangbangers in the church. And because you think, well, because I do X, Y and Z, I'm better than you. So once I think of it, is I just think about how many Christians have been killed in their transition and their mm. transitioning phase. And so because they're still babes and stuff we're killing the babes we're killing the toddlers we're killing the teenagers we're killing so many in there and and if you go into most churches you'll realize that it's ages 18 through i would say like 18 through 32 somewhere in there that is not in the church because for one that's once life is hit, hitting us we're trying to figure out our identity we're trying to do stuff and so you see things as geared to the youth and you see things geared to the seniors and stuff. And the sermons is, is, is made in, and we're not actually taking people in with love and kindness. And so we're killing people in the process, in their transitioning process. And the only thing we know how to preach to, teach to, minister to is church people. We have lost our touch to actually truly evangelize. It tells us to go, go there, uh, go ye therefore. And we're not going outside of the walls because we don't know how to talk to them because we're too busy judging them. We're too busy condemning them. And so once it tells us to be fisher and men, we're supposed to go in and use the bait of love to bring them in. However, 
you don't have people using that bait. We use the bait of condemnation. We use the bait, the bait of, of holding them into contempt and judging them. And we say, it's the Holy Spirit. No, I'm supposed to use love. Love and kindness is how he draw me. And so love and kindness is how I go back and draw other people, no matter what stage they're at. And I understand that everybody gets on, on the train at different points in their life. And so no matter where it is, I need to be open to receive them with love and compassion. And so once I don't do that, then I didn't cause them to turn and run the other way. I caused them to turn and, and run in the opposite direction. And so we're killing people while they're in their transitional phase. We're not actually loving them. We're not actually doing it. It's the Holy Spirit's job to clean them up. We're just supposed to be fishermen of men. We're supposed to catch the fish. He's going to be the one that cleans the fish up, but we want to catch the fish, cut the head off, slice them up, scale them, uh, batter them up, season them up the way that we want to. And so now you're wondering why you have so many people that are in leadership that uh, in ministry leadership, that's how, come on leaders, that you got so many dressed up um, people that have a form of godliness, but they don't actually have it because their character has not even been built up yet. Why? Because early on, once they begin to walk this life, they have to change from the outside outside and then in but by the end because they have this form of godliness and they know how to talk christianese now they're up in the pulpit but now they're hurting other people that is coming in the way and uh coming in on our on our way and so it is a it's a big issue this right here the weak and the strong is a big issue big issue i'm gonna mute because i can go on about this so i'm, I'm gonna toss this mic that's Amen. okay but is anybody else in the mood for catfish now or is it just me? <laughs> no. Am I the only one? It would be like a catfish. Three or four nice but you, and you know what? That's, that's what it is. We're catfishing people. Oh, deep. We're catfishing people. People in ministry, you're catfishing people because you have you have sit up there and you made yourself as as uh, presented yourself as such. But once they actually come up under your leadership, once they actually get, they realize that your character has never been checked at the door and that you nasty and anointed, you nasty with a gift. I'm gonna be quiet. You nasty <laughs> with an ego. Did she just, you, did she just you, take her drink to? You yes, preaching is unforgiving. Did. I'm done. <laughs> you praying. <laughs> I have to sip my tea. <laughs> and whoremongering. You, there's a lot of things where I feel like, um, because something that is a big thing, and my, me and my uncle used to say this, when it comes to ministry and dealing with people that are broken, we say that the broken come to the church. This is where you get healed. But then when you have to deal with the effects the side effects of people that's been broken then you don't want to deal with it no more it's kind of like a doctor that was like all right i'm here to to do a surgery and then he saw all the stuff that you going through he's like nah i ain't doing surgery no more that's what a lot of people do spiritually to a lot of people that's coming into church because they don't look the way that you want them to look they don't talk the way that you want them to talk they still cussing they still doing the way of what they're used to and you didn't give them a safe place for them to show vulnerability and brokenness to not feel like I'm going to be judged, talked about, and then sent right back out the door. Why are we talking about this? Because I heard somebody say, why, somebody, why are we talking about this? We're talking about this because the only way that you could be able to address a situation is by talking about it and then finding a solution. And this is our segue because we're coming from the Bible and the Bible, Romans 14, one through five, the weak and the strong. You're supposed to be that counterpart. You shouldn't be weak in everybody. You've, you have been in church too long to still consider yourself a baby Christian. You know better. 
The Bible says if you know better, you do better. Simple as that. Simple as that. So it, your time. You can't heal in a place that's hurting you. And, and, and you got to look at this too. You were supposed to have been assigned to people a long time ago, but because you want attention, uh-oh, you haven't stepped up to the plate to do and operate in your purpose of what God saved you from those situations. You still talking about stuff that coulda, shoulda, woulda happened, but God saved you from that. And you not operating because you talking about past tense things that didn't even happen or what, what coulda happened. So it's time us mature Christians, us that been in church for a long time. You've been in church more than 10 years. You should not be talking about God still delivering me. I don't know what you've been doing for 10 years. Cause if you've been in school for 10 years and you still ain't got a degree, then obviously you've been skipping some classes. Obviously you haven't been. Paying. I beg to different deliverance is something that you, that should be constant, consistent, especially those of us that are in leadership. We it's going to be a deliverance is something you should be going through regularly, especially if you're in leadership like how we talk about the transfer, transferring um, spirits and stuff. Some stuff while we're trying to help, it jumps off on us or whatever. But deliverance is something we should be continue to pre uh, pressing forward, just like like uh, Paul, right? Paul wrote majority of the New Testament, but he said, even I haven't obtained it. And so if Paul hadn't obtained it or, you know, I feel like even with us, we should we should be continuous because none of us are perfect. So it's something that as you see, as you uh, go through deliverance is layers to it. So this time I'm this month, I might be getting delivered from this or working on deliverance. But, but deliverance is something if they're not talking about deliverance. Now I'm looking at you a little bit kind of iffy, like why? Why are you not going through deliverance still, especially if you're a leader? It, we should always be going through deliverance is something that you should go through constantly especially especially if you are in leadership you have a spirit somewhere that's trying to attack you why because he's gonna the spirits are gonna come after us stronger than what it comes after anybody else why because we're the ones feeding the flock so and that's that's i think that's one of the issues a lot of people are in leadership and they're not going through deliverance a lot of people are in 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 whether it's music ministry, whether whether you on the usher board, no matter. It's a lot of people that have roles in in the church, and they're not going through deliverance. They they don't even know how to go through self deliverance. But it's not even a safe place for leaders to constantly go through deliverance because you wonder about okay, if I sit up there and tell them that I got a problem with porn, I got. And so they're hiding stuff and sweeping stuff up under the, the, the rug, but it's still coming out in the way that they treat people. It's still coming out in their messages. It's, and so now you're wondering why so many people in ministry getting exposed. I almost called her name. Why, why people are getting exposed for stuff because they're not going and taking the time or have, have a safe place where they say, I have a spirit of lust and I need somebody to help me break it. I didn't try self-deliverance. It won't come off and they're struggling with it. Next thing you know, it's a whole church scandal going on and everybody's talking to us and we're looking crazy. We're looking stupid. So I, I, guess, say I can say that. that. So I would say this to that. Then where's their covering? Because some people, and I've seen it. You can't, you point, can't heal what you won't confront. If, if you, if you don't have a covering, I don't care if you, what title you are, Bishop, pastor, evangelist, uh, whatever. A lot of people get to a point where they get a title and they feel like they don't need a covering anymore. And it doesn't matter how big you think you are in the church. 
you need a covering. You need somebody that's not going to be a yes person because you can't go to your your congregation and be like, well, is this because it's going to be biased? They're going to be like, well, that's my pastor. You need somebody that could be able to check you and say, I take that pastor title off. You wrong, bro. I take that uh, that 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 first lady title off. You wrong, sis. And 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 get to the person because a lot of times people go through the motions of church, and that's a lot of things that's happening. They're going into church and they're not leaving their their burdens at the altar as we were supposed to be. They're just grabbing more and they're going back out the door, and and they're unchanged. And you see it by personality, you see it by attitude, you see it by how quick they are to go off on somebody, you know, because if you're working and that's what I meant to say, Prophetess Tish, if you're working on yourself for years, you start learning more about you. But if you don't face yourself for years, you're just going through the motions. You should know what triggers you. You should know that I can't, if this person go off on me, I'm going to have to go take a step away because I know that the old man is going to rise up and I'm going to act a way that I shouldn't because it, it wouldn't be in decency and order. There's a lot of things that if you worked on yourself for all these years, you know you and God has showed you through revelation of what you should deal with and what you should not deal with. And it shouldn't be a surprise that you get in a situation when God automatically showed you, you shouldn't have been dealing with that in the first place. Dr. Marvinetta Clay, before I talk too much. <laughs> well, uh, just go back to the scripture of it, talking about the weak and the strong. Um, you know, you got the wheat and, and the tear. What is the wheat and uh, tears. What is the tears? They're going to they gonna come. They're going to come together. I mean, there's going to be some type of separation, no matter how you look at it, because one is going to be, stronger than the other but the problem with it i believe is that um if people really will realize especially those that are saying that they are strong um if they realize that you know in this scripture it tells you i read the whole thing all the way down to 15 and it's talking about the judgment part of it and if they really realize that you're gonna have to give an account for what you are doing whether it's you treating somebody good bad or indifferent doesn't matter but that judging part that's real heavy to God because it's it's to the point like who are you to judge you're you're not without sin you're not without fault you haven't arrived you know because some people do think they have arrived but you haven't arrived nobody has arrived you're gonna arrive in death that's pretty much it you know but you haven't arrived because we still have a battleground where the spirit is one with the natural you know, it's always a battleground that is going on. And when you talk about um, leaders, yes, I believe that's why COVID kind of came on the scene, you know, uh, to, to, to remove some people that were uh, pretty much in, in leadership doing some of the very things that you was talking about, Prophetess. And it may be some still doing it, but I think it was a wake up call to many to realize, hey, you got another opportunity. God left you here for a chance to get it together, get it right, do the ministry right. What God had actually called you to do, you should be doing it or doing it better than what you were doing because evidently you were in self and not in spirit. You wasn't acting in spirit. You was acting in your own self and flesh. And so when it comes down to this, um, I really do feel like if, 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 for instance, my mother um, was an alcoholic, right? And even at that time, you know, she didn't drink around us. Now, her being an alcoholic, she didn't drink around us. But when she came around us, she was drunk. 
you know, and so we knew how to deal with it. But we also knew, too, at that time, you know, we always doing what we were doing, but we never brought it around her. You see, we never brought it around her because she always was de- she was already dealing with, as they call it, demons. I don't want to call it that. She was dealing with her own issues and in her own issues. We never wanted to bring that around, whatever it was that we were doing, because out of respect. And so I think when it comes down to the whole thing, it's a respect of anybody that's dealing with their issues. I mean, you know, folks going to say what they want to say. I always say people going to be people, right? Um, But the judging part, that's something they're going to have to deal with with God. You know, I know people can look at me and still think that I might be still in life, the lifestyle. Go ahead and think what you want. But I know what God has delivered me from. You Come see on. what I'm saying? So I don't have anything to prove to anybody. I can dress how I want to dress, carry myself. I carry myself like a woman and someone that's in God, that knows God and have a relationship with God. But if you see something else, then you see in other things that it's not even portraying for me. So people are going to say and see and deal with things the way they want to deal with. But I think what really, really resonates here in this, they forget about this judgment thing. Judge not unless ye be judged. Yep. You know, that's the main thing I think that they forget and also respect to one another. That's good. Amen. Simi? I think um, just in the context of the scripture, it's really having a lot with us looking at each other and kind of comparing you know, trying to elevate ourselves and maybe demote someone else. And at the end of the day, you know, all of our um, righteousness is as filthy rags unto the Lord. There is, you know, all everything, every good and perfect gift come up from the father of lights, whom there is no variable, variableness or shadow of his turning. Anything good and perfect come from God, you know, and our, like I said, our righteousness is counted as filthy rags unto him. So, you know, for me, it's not so much about even comparing ourselves to other people, but just becoming the best version of yourself that you can be for God. You know, everybody has bones in their closet. Everybody has skeletons in their closet. And, you know, I, for instance, I don't eat meat when it's talking about that. I don't eat meat, but I do eat fish. And some people say that's the same. But I don't look down on anybody that eat meat. And I don't eat it for reasons because I like to have a clear mind. And, um just spiritually and just physically because I enjoy meat so much side with cheese paired with cheese if you will several kinds of cheeses um I just it puts me in a state where I'm not um I'm not up and quick and and ready to go and so I had to sacrifice that to to be able to keep going okay and to have a clearer mind and not to have brain fog but it's not for me to sit and judge and say you shouldn't have it either and -hmm. you shouldn't do this either that's not what this walk is about. You know, this walk is really about when God says one God, many members, one body, one faith. If we could understand how we're collectively, we join together, how we serve the same God and we have different functions, but the purpose is to get into heaven and to spread that gospel, we'd be a lot better off for it. And we've all had that immaturity in our walk where we got into, we got into Christ. And guess what? We did think because we were fasting. Mm-hmm. We did think because we were tithing. We did think because we knew two scriptures that we was better than something, somebody. That's just a part of us maturing. We feel good. We give ourselves a pat on the back. But as you mature, you realize the more you think you know, the more you don't know. This God is the only one that has infinite wisdom. He's the only one that has wisdom. 
He's the only one that has wisdom on a certain level. He shares wisdom to us. The Bible says he abraded not. In other words, he gives it liberally, liberally to us. He gives it freely to us. But the wisdom that God has, his ways are not our ways. His thoughts are not our thoughts. Even as the heaven is higher in, in the earth, so is his ways and his thoughts. So as we get in this walk, we realize it's not about comparing myself to anybody. Humility would have you to know you don't compare yourself to anybody, but you serve everybody. And that's really the truth. And that's what you learn as you keep going. And I like what you said about that because you literally compared yourself because you because that's what it talked about. Someone was eating vegetables and someone that was eating meat and the person that was eating meat being like, well, it's the same, like how you said in your example. And then the person that was eating vegetables be like, well, you shouldn't be doing it. And that's not how it's supposed to be because it's a way of bullying. Let's just be real. Let's take the spiritual part off of it. It's bullying of mostly saying because you're not doing what I'm doing and doing it the way I think you should do it, then you're not doing it right. And that's not Christian. That's not your Christian. Everybody does not have the same gift. That's why I, I laugh when everybody want to be all these titles, but forget about everything else. What happened if you were just going to be an uh, armor bearer? What happened if God just called you to be an armor bearer? Maybe he didn't put you in the forefront. Maybe and and my pastor jokes about this, but this is true. What happened if God called you to clean church? Would you be mad because God called you to clean church? What happened if your riches was given because you cleaned the church? But because you felt like I'm not in the forefront, I feel like that my this 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 what God gave me ain't enough. Then you sit there and you go and become a renegade because there's a lot of renegades out there with no covering and start ministries and then you go and hurt people because you felt like you had a calling but you didn't wait for god and i feel like that's another thing that comes with this situation too because in the weak and the strong situation there's mentorship from the weak and the strong the weak to show uh transparency because there's power in the testimony where you could be able to say, I can't, I can't, like Simi broke it down. I didn't even know that about Simi. She's like, I I, I don't eat meat. I, it, it is better for me, you know, you know, she she saw a little bit of Dr. Sibby, you know, broke down some herbs and she already know how to be able to stay young forever. Well, <laughs> I'm just saying. And then for, um, from the side of the meat side, somebody be like, well, I, I like meat because I like my protein, or body build, whatever the situation is. But there's always a way that you could be able to see a different perspective from each other instead of judging and tearing each other down. Because we get enough of that from the non-believers. Because I'm not talking to non-believers right now. I'm talking to the church. We have a lot of inner fighting. We have a lot of stuff. And one thing that gets me is that where's the mentorship? Instead of judging me, why can't you pull me aside? Like, because one thing I can say when I became a minister, when I became a pastor, my biggest pet peeve was this. And you supposed to be a minister and you supposed to be a pastor. Well, let me tell you something. You're supposed to be a Christian that you, you actually did <laughs> and you said, I believe that Jesus died on the third day and rose. And, and you did that declaration and accepted salvation, but then you, changed and did everything that you wanted to do what made you different than me everybody has a weak moment everybody you nobody's immune of a weak moment but the mentorship is where in the church honestly that's what's missing where people could put ego aside and not feel so entitled and it could be like if i come and tell hey simmy 
I believe that, you know, um, the vegetables, I didn't know that. And, uh, and forgive me, this is mentorship to take accountability. I didn't, oh, I was looking at it some type of way, but forgive me. Right. Using as an example, I know I can use Simi. So with that being said, we got to get back to mentorship. You got into Christianity because of mentorship. If you look at the whole time you was in Christianity, there was somebody. It, and, they, and most, I, I could tell you right now, it was a deacon of the church who got me and a singer in the church. It, I didn't even really even know the pastor. that, But they brought me in as grown men. And I was a teenager. Taught me how to tie a tie. Taught me how to dress. Taught me how to take care of myself. How to handle myself and things like that. That impressed me more than any scripture. Because you don't know what someone needs. Somebody might just need that mother father figure they might need that that big brother big sister situation auntie situation because they might be missing that at home but then they're gonna look at your life and start saying man your life is different what is that and then you come in and say because jesus changed me and that's why i was able to be able to be the who you see me now and not who i used to be because you probably wouldn't like me if you knew who i used to be that's how we should be because then you have a relationship. See, we got to get back to having relationships with people. I know social media killed that. Social distancing happened way before COVID. It happened in social media when we start again behind uh, uh, a screen and like Prophet Tish said, start catfishing and pretending to be something we're not. Especially in the church, you a fish plate, man. Right. I'm telling you, we need a couple of fish fillets. Uh, hey, Mario, sponsor this. this sponsor this. this Mario. Also, a flip side, though, right? There's a flip side. I've had it to go on to where people, I would say, more seasoned or probably been following God longer, and so once I implement different spiritual disciplines in my life, and they said. Well, don't take all that and you don't need to do that. And, and you don't have to do And It's just like and it's kind of discouraging because you're like. OK, like I, I choose to fast for this long or I choose to not only push away my plate because pushing away my plate ain't the issue. I need to start pushing away from people. And so, you know, but you have some people that once you tell them that you're practicing or doing certain spiritual disciplines. And I want to say it talks about that also somewhere in chapter 14, but you actually have people that actually come at you in the body of Christ. And it's not just unbelievers, but it's, it's believers as well. And a lot of times it's, it's the seasoned ones that say, well, it don't take all that. It, you know, or you shouldn't, shouldn't, shouldn't be doing, doing that or, you know, or it, and, and that's kind of, is discouraging or whatever, because the way that he's disciplined me or have my, my spiritual walk, it's going to look different from yours. It's mm -hmm. going to look for, different from Pastor Jay. It's going to look different from Dr. Maretta. It's going to be uh, different from Simi. And so he might, he might tell me, Hey, I need you to push away from, um, from social media between these hours or whatever, and Simi might be like, "Hey, you know, you need to, you come on uh, real quick. This live right here, and this guy, he he he, like really going in preaching this that another. Are they worshiping?" And I'm like, "Well, I can't. God told me not." And then Simi's like, "I don't think God meant like you can't do it. Do it like this right here, right?" Or whatever. <laughs> and it's just like, "Leave me alone." 
God told me no. And, right. and we forget that. And I think about the story in the Bible with the old prophet and the young prophet, you know, where where the God told told him, hey, you was not to eat or anything in that in that city, in that in that town, give this word. And after you give this word, you're supposed to get up out of there. But the older one came back and said, well, you know, hey, I hear from God, too. And basically that he was older and he goes ahead and do what the opposite of what God told him, because somebody else was older or more mature in, in the body of Christ is what you would think. And then it ended up destroying you, killing you in the process because the prophet mm -hmm. ended up dying in that situation. He did not make it back home. Why? Because he listened to somebody else that was older and said, well, you can eat. But if God is telling you to fast in the season, is he's telling you to push away your plate, push away your phone, push away your computer. Put, like if he's telling you, hey, you can't watch watch a certain type of, of music during this time. I need you to guard your ear gates and your eye gates. If he's telling us that we we have to be obedient to God and not to man. And that's no matter where they are on their on their walk, because he's raising up remnants. And once he raises us remnants up, as he's already doing, our spiritual disciplines is going to look different than those that are of the older generation. Why? Because we have a whole new generation up under us that we got to go and grab. And you can't do it with a form of God godliness. You actually have to be in that thing for real. And it's something that you said, um, <clears throat> this generation, this generation is, is totally different from the generation of old, period. Um, I mean, you know, women back in the day kind of had the mothers of the mother's board <laughs> to look up to, you know, because the mothers, I, I remember my grandmother being a mother and, uh, you know, they always wore this beautiful white, everything white, white hat, white dress, white stockings, white slip, white shoes, white everything, you know, but that was, you know, back in the day, that's who we had to look up to in the church, you know, because they set the atmosphere of what a woman should do, or how a woman should dress, how she should carry herself, all that. And they will come to you in a minute and pull your coattail or pull, pull you aside and talk to you and say, baby, you know, this ain't how you do it, baby. You know, they have their way of doing it, you know, but... <laughs> you know, see me come on now. So <laughs> they, they would tell you. I mean, because a lot of times it wasn't just the motherboard. Big Mama was wearing one of them white outfits. That was Big Mama in there. She was in yeah. the booth. Yeah, and so Ooh. what it was, you know, I, I, I at, at me being a young girl, you know, I didn't know how important they were in my life at that time. And now to see today, you know, we don't have too much of that going on in the church. And like, you know, Pastor Jay was saying, we need mentorship. But the problem that I see now that, um, you know, when God say he, he wants to have that relationship with you, that's really what he wants. He wants that relationship with you. So it's a one-on-one -on -one thing. And so it's to a point now, who can you turn to? Who can you look to? Who can you trust? That part. Who can you trust? Who can you, you know, just go to and just be transparent with them? And you go and want, for instance, I'll give you a prime example. I remember as uh, in my early 20s, I was having problems with the family. The family didn't, well, my grandmother them didn't understand why I was in church all day and all night. I wasn't partying. She let my boyfriend come over and stay at the house all the way to three o'clock in the morning, putting hickeys all on my neck outside of me trying to just go to church and enjoy church, you know. So she had a problem with that, right? 
And so I couldn't understand. She started putting a curfew on me. I'm like, I am in church. I'm nowhere else. I'm enjoying myself. And while I'm enjoying, I'm learning about Christ. I'm learning about myself. I'm having a closer walk with God. I'm enjoying the fellowship, you know. And what what I learned from that, she didn't understand why she was even telling me that because she was so used to uh, just going to church at a certain time and coming home at a certain time. Where for me, I was hungry. I wanted more. I wanted to be around the same like-minded people that I thought was same like-minded people. Let me say it like that. That I thought was the same like-minded people because there was a lot of drama in it as I got in it, as I saw it, as I grew up. I saw a lot of stuff that could have really turned me around, that really could have just really separated me from God. And so what I'm learning now is, like the Bible said, put no trust in man, because man will fail you, as they say, every time or most of the time. But man will fail you because you're putting too much trust in them, and you're not putting your trust in God to actually lead you and guide you. The, The thing that I see is that it's to a point now, for me, I'd rather talk to God I'll go to people every now and then, but I'd rather talk to God and let God talk back to me and direct me because he said he'll, he'll direct my path, right? He'll lead and guide me into all truth. And that's what he will do. The problem that I see is that um, when it comes down to a lot of things in this life and in this walk, yes, you're supposed to come to the church. It's a hospital. You should never leave the same way you came in. But like you say, Pastor Jay, you have some people are on their own agenda and they're not on God's agenda. That's right. And and I, I, I could say this, and, and this is the reason why we were talking about Romans 14, 1 through 5. Um, and the the title automatically got me. It got me into the, the topic of what we're talking about with the weak and the strong. Because my topic that I wanted to talk about, and this is, it, it blows my mind, but this is the topic I want to talk about. Does Christians support each other? Which well, I want to I want to be like, where, what was that interview? Where the camera at? Let me let me look at the camera directly. <laughs> let me look at the no. I, for me, no. Um, I have had secular people give me more respect than the church, and I made. A platform, and this, and I'm being transparent on this show. I've made a platform, and I've went through a lot of hell and hot water, where I felt this scripture, where I was like, "Man, I'm a young station. There's a lot of older stations. Where's the mentorship? Ain't no mentorship. Ain't no. It's it's talk about why he doing it this way. He ain't got headphones. I, I mean, this is real conversation. He ain't got headphones. He ain't in a studio. He ain't doing it this." And these are Christian people, Christian people on top of Christian people. And that's the whole reason why I made the mission statement of Anointed Radio. If you did not know, uh, um, united, we can make a change. If we came together, because what is your legacy? A lot of people love to do and accomplish and make goals. But you know that if you don't pass on what you learn, a part of you does not make a legacy. You know what a legacy is? That's something that if you brought up 20 preachers, 
a part of you still goes because you brought up 20 preachers that went out and continued. You you were able to mentor people that people say things like, man, I remember when uh, my mentor, he taught me this. Your legacy, the things you taught, the 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 life lessons that those things. But as Christians, I have seen us do two things. If I'm not in the forefront and if I'm not getting paid, they will not support. And it's sad. We're on the flyer. Because Hush. I knew you was going to say that. You know, and, but there, you know, at, at sometimes you do have to, to me, I'm not trying to be funny, but I love always to get a spirit behind the thing. I, sometimes I will tell someone, put me on a flyer because I've done a lot of events for free because you need to do things for free. You really do need to do things for free. Um, but if you are paying everybody else a thousand dollars, you won't even give me a love offering. You're using me to fill the time. I feel used. I don't feel loved. Um, and then you don't even add me to the flyer. Mm. Sometimes we just really don't honor one another, yeah. you mm -hmm. know, and we have to look at that. There's a scripture. It's in Philippians 2, 3 and 4. It says, do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourself. Not looking to your own interests, but each of you to the interests of others. You know, and the thing of it is, and it also talks about in Proverbs, he who refreshes others, he himself will be refreshed. Mm -hmm. We need to support each other. And when mm -hmm. somebody is supporting you, don't take advantage of them either. Don't take advantage of them. You know, and sometimes that's why, uh, you know, you know, people act a little funny. But the thing of it is, is that we have to learn how to support each other. Will it ever happen? I don't know. Jesus himself wasn't supported. He said, he said, don't you know a prophet is not prophet accepted is not. in his, his own, his own That's right. Among his own mm -hmm. kids. Mm -hmm. So sometimes, you know, until we get to a level of maturity, we all been guilty until we get to a level of maturity and really understand that our purposes are so, our purposes are so interconnected. Oh my goodness. I mean, our, our not our purpose. I mean, we have a purpose to get to God and see Him, but our purpose and our gifts—they're—they're they're intertwined because we're—we're we're one body, mm -hmm. and the body's never going to get anywhere fighting each other. Okay. But there's different levels of maturity. People have different le levels of maturity, so you got to watch. They might not be ready for what you're trying to say. They might not be mm -hmm. ready, so they might be. I—I I need to be seen. But what I try to tell people all the time. And that's something that I've learned is look at a spirit of a thing. Sometimes people want to be seen. You know why? Because they used to not being seen. Mm. They've been underappreciated, but they've been overwhelmed. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. sometimes people, you have to look at them. You're like, man, they getting on my nerve. But the thing of it is, is that they're, they're the black sheep in the family. They, they have a voice that's not heard. They're underutilized. People look over them all the time. So that's a cry out for help. It's not so much a spirit of I want to be seen. It's a I I am important. Mm -hmm. I have something to 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 give. Mm -hmm. When we start looking at the spirit behind a thing, we'll have more compassion and more understanding. That makes when sense. we start looking at a spirit. You yeah. know what? No. And, and and what you know what you did in that process, and I've been saying this for years. You got yourself out the way to assess somebody else. Somebody else, yeah. Because you can't, what a lot of things I've seen, when you're operating in a spirit of vain, 
you can't see other people. You can't like I, I said the perfect example. The and I think I said this on the show before. If somebody came up to you cussing you out, going off for no reason, right? If you automatically match their energy, you miss your opportunity. Because God don't send easy tests. He send the most uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Let me say it one more time to the other people on the other side of the room. Uncomfortable situations mm-hmm. for you to grow and really be like, oh, I knew that was God because man, because that's not me. Like you don't grow in comfortable situations. So if he knows that conflict, let's let's talk about this Christian people, all of us. Let's talk as a collective. If you're scared to have that uncomfortable conversation, if you're scared of conflict, mm-hmm. he's going to send that to you. Yeah. Because how can you go and preach the gospel? How can you go spread the gospel? But as soon as somebody give you one rebuttal, you're ready to run away. <laughs> like, how can you go and, and, and talk to somebody that about Jesus and they got they they believe in all this other stuff and you talking to them about Jesus. And as soon as they make it a little rough, you're like, well, oh, yeah, uh, uh, God trying to get you out of that. So that you could be able to roll that off your back and like, I, okay, amen. But let me talk to you about somebody. Let me be able to tell you that you loved. Because a lot of times we get so, Christians are so easily offended. Oh my God. Y'all was tough in the streets. Why did y'all change? Y'all was hard. Y'all was killers. Y'all was this in the streets. And as a Christian, y'all became punks. Y'all be like, oh, what you say? I'm done. Uh, I'm church hurt. Uh, I'm leaving the church. Uh, I'm not doing this no more. Why are you so soft now? We are on a battlefield. I'm ex-military. You can't be soft in a, in a, in a, in a battlefield. If that you one you got a song share. <laughs> oh, sorry, <laughs> joke but if if you want a battlefield you can't be soft because first of all you can't think about yourself you got to think about the agenda of what you are there for what does god have you there for in the first place it ain't about you mm-hmm. it's a, what's you know, the song say it, it's not about us it's about it's jesus, jesus kids that but we so, don't really understand it that's crazy to me yeah Go so ahead. what you was you were saying um, and, and I, I kind of want to go back to the whole, it's not about us and do, do Christians actually support one another? And I do think that sometimes some Christians do have that issue of supporting one another. I remember once I first came into ministry, one of my mentors said to me, she said, there's no, she said, remain humble. There's no superstars in the kingdom. And we forget that there's no superstars in the kingdom. Mm-hmm. And so once it comes to a point to where, I am being trained and I'm being mentored and I'm being elevated that I'm supposed to go back and sharpen someone else. We're supposed to go and make disciples, right? We're not supposed to uh, go and hoard people. We're not supposed to be hoarders of people. We're supposed to go and make disciples. So that means once I learn something, once I get something new, once I figure out how to do something, then I'm like, hey, see me, this is what, what I just found out, this, that, or another. Or, hey, Simi, I got this going on. Pastor Jay, I got this going on. You want to come and not not worried about sharing the limelight with someone to say, you know, hey, I, 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 I need help with this or whatever. I can't do it alone. And we all go and reach that people, right? Or reach whoever it is that, that we have. And so a lot of times people do not want to reach out and help or they don't want to 
put nobody on a program with them or to put them in a, a position to because they want all the credit for themselves. And then they're wondering why they're stressed out and they're tired because you didn't let nobody help you because you didn't want anybody else to get any accolades or anything like that. You wanted you wanted to be praised and you wanted to get all the glory. You wanted to get all the honor, stuff that didn't belong to you in the first place. It's supposed to go to God. Mm-hmm. And so I think sometimes we don't help others because we want to be the first ones to do it. We don't mind you elevating. We just don't want you to elevate before us. <laughs> I got to so say that. There, there is some people out there that do mind you elevated. It's some, it's some because of them. we talked about titles last week, right? There's they some do people not that was mad that Prophet Tish got that title of prophet before they did, and that's yeah. the thing where I'm saying that working in vain, working yeah. in that vanity of it being about them is really serious because when it comes down to it, there's there's a lot we got to understand as Christians. There is a whole mega church of unchurched people out there. Yep. And if you ask a simple question, I'm a, I'm a challenge somebody on this on 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 live right now. When's the last time you told somebody about Jesus? That part. That part. That that reaction right there. But you didn't talked about your choir. You didn't talked about how bad your past is. But when's the last time? Because you don't know if they can ever make it to your church. They could die as soon as they leave from you. When's the last time you spread the gospel? I wait. I'm I'm not. I'm serious. Probably just a couple of days ago. I'm always talking about Jesus. Jesus is my best friend. So many people that they've been sitting there and been like, that's a reflection. Yep. Cause that's what we end this for. What would you, what you go to church for? If, if you don't, if you really not understanding what the Bible says, love God with all that heart, mind, soul, and be able to treat love people the way mm-hmm. that you want to be treated. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm paraphrasing. So for Ebonics, anybody else that don't know King James and all that, and then go out and spread the gospel. When's the last time you did your job? But we so you know why you tired because you ain't did nothing. The devil been beating you up because you in one place. You ain't been on post since you got saved. You was overzealous. You was on fire. You was like, oh, I'm gonna get that sticker with the little fish on it. Not of this world t-shirt. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna do this. I'm gonna go do that. I'm gonna go to every conference. I got my little Bible with the little cover on it from the little Bible store. That Bible ain't been touched in weeks. I could even say for some people, months or years. And well, you know, when you look at that, something like that, that's just an outer look. That's what facts. they want people to perceive them as. And unfortunately, on the inside, the inside of that individual is so tore up and raggedy um, to the point where all they know is what the outside should look like. For instance, when you go back and look at all of the denominations you know, Church of God in Christ, Pentecostal, Coastal Cali, or whatever you want to call it. Everybody had, <laughs> everybody had their own way of doing things, and they felt like it was right. 
You know, if you think about the Church of God in Christ, when they say they sung, this is the Church of God in Christ, you can't join it. You have to be born in it. And I'm here to tell you, when I went from Baptist to Church of God in Christ, they really meant that. Just because I was in the Church of God in Christ, I was not a true Church of God in Christ because I wasn't born in it. That's for real. And so... <laughs> That's why I always been a rebel. That's why I always that's why I always kind of been a rebel. That's why I learned the Bible. I'll be honest with you. That's why I learned the Bible. Because yeah. I was sitting in church and I was so excited about the things of God. And I grew up in a certain way in church. My you know, I grew up in church, but you know, we had all kind of examples. That's all I'm gonna say. All kind of examples. And um, we have a little bit of everything in our family, seriously. Uh -huh. And um, but somebody was telling me something and they were like, You'll see, you're gonna get tired, you just young. You're going to see, you're going to get tired. You're just so excited to do this. I was just excited to serve and be honest with you, it never died down. But I began to learn the word for myself mm -hmm. because I was tired of people telling me stuff that wasn't hitting my spirit right. Mm -hmm. I'm like, something ain't right about that. I, can, I cannot stand going to church and hearing them say, may the Lord watch between me and thee while we're absent for one another. As it's, a out it's out and of I context. Did y'all read that? Did y'all understand what was going on? No. And, every, and they say it. I'm telling you, my eyes do this. <laughs> like, they just no they don't and they don't have the same training and that's the thing like when I was coming up people had these four and eight months we had four years before I became ordained it took me four years to become ordained it took us four years we sat under Bishop Noah well I won't say all the name we had real teachers we had to take real tests and not only that we had to clean the bathrooms we had to teach in children's church. We had Service. to do convalescent ministry. We mm -hmm. had to do prison ministry. Mm -hmm. Okay. We did every ministry. And that's where we learned where we fit. And we, and even to today, I learned my best position in the Lord is I love serving. That's why I don't even use the titles I have. I don't use I I do not use any of my titles. And not saying there's nothing wrong with it. But the best ser the best position I have is being a servant. Mm -hmm. I love it. It speaks so much to me. When I'm cleaning up behind people, I clean the bathrooms. I clean them. I go pick up the plates. I go get the plates. I serve the people. Mm -hmm. I'm happiest when I do that. I don't know why. I love it better than preaching. I love it better than laying on own hands. I love it better than I love to serve. That's where well, I'm technically all of that is serving. I mean, if you really look yeah. at it in, in each way, I mean, whether you're a pastor, preacher, if, you, if you're doing the work, let me just say it like that. <laughs> if you're doing the work. I'm just saying if you're doing the work that whatever uh -huh. your position or whatever your calling is, then guess what? You are a servant, no matter how you look at it. Because you are serving the people. You know, God is using you for whatever it is that he called you to do. But you're yet serving. Because when a preacher preach, if they're preaching for real. They're serving. Yeah. They're serving. Yeah. It you know takes what I'm time to prepare them. If you're doing them right, it takes time to prepare that word. Yeah. yeah I know. Right. I do know. I know. And you know, one thing that we have to look at, too, is when you serve God's people, you're serving God. Exactly. And when you've so, done to the least of these, you've done to the greatest. Yeah, so you've done it to have, God. When you've done the least, you've done it to God. So mm -hmm. we have to get to the point where this support situation, because it's it's across the, the whole, anything that got Christian title on it, Christian hip-hop, 
gospel, Christian theater, churches. If we get to the point back to the basis and not and, and stop being in these remedial classes where we're learning the same old, same old, and, and actually get the graphs of what Jesus has called us to do. Some of us are sitting under people that we should have been out of a long time ago because he called you to go out, but you've been nervous to do it. Going back to being in these comfortable situations. Yeah. God didn't call you to be comfortable. God called you to serve. But even though yeah. it might seem comfortable, it also is compromising as well. Because it's a compromise situation. You just compromise what God has already directed you to, but yet you want to. I mean, look at um 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 what is this? Uh, my brain is kind of at this. Sodom and Gomorrah. When <laughs> you know the angel came, told him, Hey, y'all leave, let's go, you know. And and what did one do? One the wife, she turned around and did what? Because she 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 didn't obey, she didn't listen, and she was too eager to see what was going on behind. And that's what happens with a lot of people. You know, you so easy to want to think about what's but what's been behind you, and, and God has brought you out of what's been behind you and pushing you towards what's in front of you, and yet you want to continue to keep looking at that backward part when you should be looking at the forward part. And so that should have been, you know, a, a prime example. When she looked, what she do? She turned into a pillow of salt. You know, she was non-existence no more. And so a lot of people, when you stand in the back all the time, you'll never go forward. You'll never get to that destination. You'll never get to the point where God is really wanting to get you to. Because, And if you do, it's going to take you much longer to get there. When you all you had to do was just keep going forward. And so what happens now, it's like, you know, people just in a mindset as far as supporting, as far as as um, doing the work, as far as being a servant, as far as being who they really have really truly been called to do. People mindset has to get to a place of understanding that, hey, this is what God wants me to do and what he wants me to be at. But it comes with maturity. It comes with going through. It comes with overcoming. It comes with all of that. Um, some may happen overnight. Some may take years. It all depends on which road you take. You know, um, but I just feel like when it comes to that support thing, yeah, it's it's a bothersome to me. Um, I hate to see that people don't support, but then I, I'm getting to a point where I'm getting over it. You know, <laughs> you know, you have a certain amount of people that will support you and you have to move on. I mean, until things change and hopefully, you know, it changed soon. And if not, guess what? Keep moving. And you know, anybody else want some salted caramel? Uh, <laughs> Is it just me? Anybody else? Oh, You and your taste. So we're gonna feed you. So hey, she didn't like taste and see. I'm done. I'm so done. All the salt fish fillets. That's just okay. It's too much today. Real quick, can I ask something before we get out of here? Go ahead. Christians, we support everybody else secular. We will sell out Kevin Hart in the Madison Square Gardens. Yeah. We will sell out football stadiums, college and NFLs. We will sell out everybody else. We'll sell out Beyonce. We'll sell out Fantasia. We'll sell, we'll sell out everybody else and not question how much and what we what what we getting for this ticket this for a one-day event you're going to send somebody for a couple hours but you can do 
a three-day, four-day conference and people want to know, well, how much, what am I, am I getting for this two, two, uh, 50 or, or whatever, but you didn't spend a thousand dollars to go sit at a football game and you ain't mm. question what all you getting. You're going to get the same thing. Free <laughs> yourself, prophetess. Uh, people go ahead, go ahead and speak to them. <laughs> people pay for what they value. And what it is, is that Sometimes we put more value on other things than what we do on the word of God. And so I, I just I just want to point that out. We will we sell out everybody else. We can sit and watch TikTok. And it's a lot of us Christians that we'll sit and we'll watch something that is a, a, a clip. Or I heard somebody, we're highlight Christians. And so we can sit and watch a whole movie. Uh, we can watch Woman King, Black Panther, this, that, another. But I bet you ain't fit to sit through a whole T.D. Jakes sermon because T.D. Jakes be going for a whole movie, right? <laughs> and so some people don't have the time and the patience. That, uh, he preaching too long. Or he long, he sure was long-winded today, but you ain't saying that about the football game. You're not saying that about the wow. movie that you just watched. You know yeah. what I'm saying? And so we we sit and do, do this. Or what, but no, we do not support. Christians do not support Christians, but we support everything else that is, is secular. And that comes with that battle that we're constantly going through with our feet in our flesh and also the spirit. And sometimes we feed our flesh more and we value the things. Our, our, we'll pay for our flesh and we'll starve our spirit. I'm going to say that and I mute my mic. And, and, and one thing I want to just say to if you've been supporting, don't let that change you. Because then that you you add into the problem. Like mm -hmm. I, if anybody know Pastor Jay, I'm the same old person that they met because I don't change up. If I support, you better now. Except for prophets <laughs> just moving before the before when I was in the world when I was not delivered. But other than that, as Pastor Jay, prophetess, as Pastor Jay, I support. I'm there. And despite if you support me or not, I'm always going to support because that's my heart. And I'm not going to change my heart for no one. I encourage you, don't let nobody change your heart so that you get so bitter, you become just like them. It's just like a parent. If you always talked about that daddy, you always talked about that mama that was so trifling and this and that. The more you ran and from I actually acknowledging that you have traits like them, the more you become like them. And you have to get to the point like this in Christianity that we know that inside it sucks. Yes, I'm telling you, I have from big names, little names, big church, little churches that have done me wrong. But I'm not going to change me and the heart that God gave me because people were being people. Stop having unrealistic expectations for folks. Treat people for where they are. Meet people where they are. And you will not have your heart broken so much. Sometimes we come in here too innocent-minded, like people still don't got issues. People don't go through things. It is time for us as Christians. If you got a good heart, you support, you help, you 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 always out there, and you feel like Simi said, overlooked and 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 overwhelmed. Don't change your heart over it because at the end of the day god's gonna put you around the right people and you gotta have that same heart that's true god is going to ask 
you to go somewhere. And if you start acting like others, you're going to miss that opportunity. If you but start the other like how people that. treat you, you're going to miss out on the blessing of elevation, the blessing of being able to do the things that you've been trying to do. It will go against you. And people always say this, and, I, and, I, and I'll yield my mic to uh, Dr. Clay. People always say this, remember your character, because your character is what people remember when you leave the room mm -hmm. and what they will re remember you by. So don't change up your character because people have been acting funny and phony. Don't become fake and phony just because you've been dealing with a whole bunch of fake and phony. Start finding some true people out there in your circle because obviously you didn't let somebody in your camp that God said he ain't supposed to be in there in the first place. Dr. Clay. Well, I was just thinking as you were saying that the other flip side to that is as far as people, um, Christians, whoever you want to say, supporting one another. Um, don't say you're going to support somebody and don't show up. You know what I'm saying? It's the most terriblest letdownish thing ever, especially if you've been supporting pretty much everything that they have. And all of a sudden you do something and they say, you know what? I'm coming. I'm going to come. I want to be there for you. You've been there for me. And, I, and it's not for tit for tat. It's just the fact that your word is your bond. And if you say, say that again, auntie, your word is bond, son. Yeah, your word your is your word bond. Is bond, son. <laughs> How to add that out there. Say Somebody's, that for the people in the back. The word is bond, <laughs> son. Yo, B, all y'all out there, I'm being back. Since people don't understand Christian nice talk, your word is bond, son. You don't want to be a snitch, but you've been snitching in the church. Let me stop. <laughs> But no, I'm just serious. You know, if you're going to, I mean, if I know things happen and things do happen in all of our lives and sometimes it's un, unseenable, you know, but to the point where you just don't show because you just don't show. And when you already put it out there and say, hey, I'm coming, I want to support you. I'm going to do this. And you're looking for it. You know what I'm saying? And it's the most, and I'm just going to tell you, it's the most let down ever in life because I'm like this. Don't promise me nothing if you're not going to stand by it. That's just me. If I say I'm going to do something, I'm going to strive my best to do it. And if something come up, I'm going to contact you and say, hey, I can't do it. Or something happens. Your word is your bond. Communication is key. you know. But a lot of folks just drop the ball and think it's okay. And then when you have something else, you want them to, you want that support, that same support, you know, and I don't change for anybody. I support as much as I can when I can, because that's what I grew up on in Chicago. We supported <laughs> one another. We always been there for weekends was our, our thing of going to church to church, church hopping, supporting everybody that we could. That's what we did. It wasn't about the clubs, even though we went to clubs, but it, we, we went to it after the after after the culture, you know <laughs> but i'm just being honest we did but the thing of it is we supported one another we was there for one another we built camaraderie we had love for one another when we went somewhere we knew each other hey how you doing and the one to say hey how you doing we knew first name basis so that that even mattered as well but it's important it is important for us to support to to be there because everybody's striving to do something or another, and it's important for us to, you know, to just really just be who we are, and that is not just a Christian, but you just you're a person, and if you're a person and you are representing Christ, then do so. That's that's it. And you know what God brought this on, onto my heart to say: 
how they treat people is how they treat God. They promise God all this, let him down, <laughs> don't do it. So it, it, when, you, when you take self away and your and your and your actual like um, feelings, and you start looking at it, you're like, man, they do this to God. How, why if they do this to God, who? Why wouldn't they do this to me? Like my big mom would say, if they if they did that to Jesus, why wouldn't they do it to you? Well, if he treats God sometimey, why am I surprised that he treat me sometimey? She treated me sometimey. It that shows relationship, and that and I'm gonna be honest with you, if you're that way and you're not a person of your word, that shows because people would be like, man, how do you know somebody ain't doing what they're supposed to be doing? Look at their actions. The old folks used to look at your actions and knew that you was off because you wasn't doing what you're supposed to be doing anymore. You're not showing up the way you're supposed to be showing. Your, your, your body language is different. The way you speak is different because now you're falling back more worldly than actually being trying to fight for your salvation. So it's just like we got to get back to relationships <laughs> because a lot of people have fallen out of relationships with people and they have not known how to operate in relationships because you know we can't blame all the millennial kids that grew up on social media why they don't deal with face-to-face -face interaction when the adults that remember before social media and the internet don't talk to each other themselves we got to understand we got to get to back to talking and like dr clay says something that a lot of people don't do go and say i cannot do this and and, and black folks we love sweeping stuff under the rug. Hmm. We can't keep doing that because that makes animosity. That makes issues. That makes underlying issues. Sweeping stuff under the rug does not help. You got to be able to stand on a firm conscience and say, hey, what I did was wrong. Hey, I cannot do this. Hey, you know what? What I did, my bad. This was what happened. And speak up for yourself. Your word is your bond. If you can't defend your own self, then you for sure ain't going to defend Jesus when somebody come after you. I'm just going to be real with you. As soon as somebody start questioning your faith, you might as well become a black Israelite because, you know, you, you're just going to fold. Because as soon as that happens, I'm just saying, if you fold with normal conversation and disputes, wait till people start questioning your faith. What are you going to do then? Fold. You showing me your habit already. If you already folding for a, a, a simple thing of saying, you know what, I'm going to go talk. Because the Bible says, if you have an ought with your brother, go out and fix that ought. Because our minds shouldn't be worrying about petty disputes. Like we talked about Romans 14, 1 through 15. Our, our minds should be talking about spreading the gospel. You can't spread the gospel when you're over here fighting the, the people that you, you, you labor among. But you also got to be mindful of what spirit, again, everything is a spirit. Sometimes, you know, you in a situation where you try to talk to people and you got to understand if you talking to a spirit that got lying lips and you talking to a spirit of manipulation, you wasting your time. Mm -hmm. um, so you need to be mindful. That's why I say, you know, you need to be mindful of spirits. Dr. Marvinetta and I, I'm sure all of you on the line have maybe had some encounter with someone that said they were a Christian and maybe something wasn't right and you brought it to them, but the way they act was far from what they present in front of other people or Christian mm -hmm. characteristics. And then at that time, you've got to decide once you a spirit, you see the spirit for what it is, then you have to use wisdom. 
Sometimes yeah. it's, it's necessary to walk away. Yeah. Sometimes it's necessary not to support. I always tell people, mm -hmm. I follow you as you follow Christ. Mm -hmm. If you don't follow Christ, I can't follow you. Mm -hmm. That's that that's that's being a, a, a mature Christian. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And so sometimes we got to separate ourselves. We love something. We love what, is, what it, 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 it uh, entails. But if the spirit is not right in it, then you got to walk away. You follow yep. people as they follow Christ. I don't follow names. I love um, Prophetess Tish, her, 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 her ministry and all the ministries here. But if I see you stepping away from Christ, I'm going to love you from a distance. And I'm going to pray that God will, will um, reconnect you and redirect you. And pray that if you see me, girl, if you see thing, me going in the opposite direction, you better come tell me. Don't don't have me yeah, going down, down the wrong right. way on the wrong way. You better say, hey, right. Right. Me too. Oh, I'm here. I'm just love, saying. Love me it's enough. Right. And see, love I got me enough to correct the hell out of me. There so, you go. That and I want to say to that part. And I'm me glad too. you said that, Timmy. I want you to. Say, I'm glad you brought that up. And that's how we got where we are. I'm gonna be honest with you. That's how we got to people not supporting each other. Because if you see me. Out there on Tropicana smoking crack, you better come get me. Like you don't know what took me to get from here to go there. Mm -hmm. And if you walk by me, because that's where this church hurt came from. You saw me at my lowest, and you walked away from me, and you called yourself a Christian. Mm -hmm. Where Christians, we're supposed to be able to build each other up in our weaknesses. If Muslims could do it. If the black Israelites could do it, if Jewish people can do it, why can't Christians do it? That's the part where I get very, very passionate about because I should not see a pastor walk by a girl that was in your church and now she prostituting and you didn't go by and speak to her because can I, can your, I, can your conversation. You Say it again. Can I brag on you real quick? Can go I ahead. brag on the, uh, on the man of God he is, right? <laughs> so. I was in the in the spirit realm. I'm a seer as well. In the spirit realm, I seen a, a vision and I had four daggers in my back last night, right? Mm. I text Pastor Jay and I said, Pastor Jay, I need you to cover me. You know what his response was? I will not let you die. He said, mm. I told you I would not let you die. And so he covered me. And so sometimes we see people in situations. And we don't say nothing, but I need people around me that's going to say, I'm not going to let you die. It's too much in you. It's yeah. people connected to you. Apparently you're struggling and you don't even know that I'm a safe place because sometimes we feel like, oh man, I, I can't talk to Pastor Jay. I can't say, I can't tell him that, hey, I feel like I'm being attacked right now or whatever. And like all throughout the day is being confirmation. And I said, well, I, I was able to, I didn't say his name. I said, but. No, I said, I had someone that to help cover me last night. I said, because I told the person, I said, and their response was, I will not let you die. And what happens is once we get into the army of, of God, we are allowing our brothers and sisters to die on the battlefield. We're allowing them to die while they're in battle, while they're out there and they're fighting for, for, for the Lord. They're fighting for other souls and we're seeing them. We're seeing them getting cut. We're seeing them getting wounded. We're seeing people run by and not just stick knives in their back, but they're sticking daggers in their back. Like mm -hmm. that, that's something deep. It was not, it was not knives in my back. It was daggers in my back. So this was strong. What whatever came up against me last night, it was something strong. It was not uh from someone that was weak. 
this was somebody of strength, someone of that that came at me. And so, but a lot of times we're seeing this stuff and we walk by and just say, you know, oh, they'll figure it out. And you think that we're all strong in certain ways, but sometimes that stuff gets too heavy for me. I wanted to end the, the whole room as soon as I felt it. And that was like at the very beginning, once the room had just started, I wanted to end and just say, nah, I'm fixing to fight this on my own. But I seen that Pastor Jay was in there. I said, Pastor Jay, hey, it's daggers in my back. Wow. But I wanted to end and fight the stuff alone. And that's what happened. The reason why a lot of us are dying on the battlefield, because we're trying to fight things alone. And we we have to be able to look to our left and right sometimes and say, sis, are you all right? I noticed that you're moving differently. I noticed that you're talking different. If I came on here and I barely said anything, y'all be like, someone right with Prophet Sis today. Mm -hmm. And, you know, and I'm going to give you a testament of why I'm so adamant about that. Is because when I first got into ministry, I was over the youth. And I had two youth that killed themselves under my watch. You don't know how horrible. I mean, these ain't people I just saw. I mean, we he hey, ha ha talked. We didn't had ministry trips. So it's more than you just giving the material. It's more than expecting them to go because when somebody is in a weak moment, like and as a leader, that hits heavier because you feel like I know who I, I'm, I'm leading. I know who these, I should, you know, they should feel comfortable to come to me. It's a horrible feeling to find out that the person that you was leading didn't feel comfortable enough to come to you because you was busy, because mm -hmm. you was this, and you are a leader. And that's what the true leadership of Christ is supposed to look like. I don't care what you going through in your life because when you picked up your cross, it wasn't about you no more. I can't sit there and, and look at it. There's a lot of times where you got to be able to pray for people in your brokenness yourself, but oh, you got to yeah. be able to know to go away and, and restore yourself and go to your inner circle. But if you call yourself a leader, and that's a great analogy that Prophet, Prophetess Tish said, if you was on a battlefield and you watch one of your men in arm get shot and you walked away from them without rendering them aid, mm. that is, that is, you know, you could get in the army. If that ever happened, you either go to jail or could get killed for that. Against mm. the Geneva Code. Literally, you can literally, if your brother in arm got killed because of your negligence, because you didn't want to deal with it, you didn't want to deal with the heat, you didn't want to deal with that. It is serious when we talk about spirits and souls, because when there's spirits against you, they're going to want to stop you from saving souls. The devil never changed nobody he ain't scared of. Yeah, you're going through stuff mentally. Yeah, you're going through all these different things. He's trying to stop you from learning who you truly are. So get out yourself and start thinking about if I was in those shoes, because a lot of people can't do this part. And I've realized that I thought this was a, a normal human trait that we could be able to put put ourselves in other people's shoes. Like if I was a, on, on drugs, if I was 
whoring around, if I was out here doing bad decisions, how would I want somebody to help me? Because everybody automatically think that maybe because I'll just be like, well, it is what it is. That I'm not listening. There's a lot of times where I didn't spoke to people and I'm thinking it ain't getting through. But God's saying, say this, say this, and I walk away. Then they call you. Then you leave, leave a number and they call you back like, man, I was thinking about what you was talking about. But if you don't do that part, God going to hold you accountable. And I'm trying to save so many people from this because there's so many people in the church that there's they're dying spiritually. They're dying physically. We saw COVID and we got to get to a point where we get out of our own way. And, and it, like I said earlier, you should be mature enough to understand Christianity so far where you could be able to help somebody. It, you you shouldn't have to have thousands of thousands of classes, 20 years and still can't be able to say, I love you with the love of the Lord. Are you OK? That's basics. That's what big yeah. was. That's that what, is basic. That, yeah. That's what the pastor and, and, and however you got introduced to Christ. That's the first start. I love you with the love of the Lord. How, how can I help you? Simple as that. That's servitude. But I think for some people, um, when it comes down, the reason why a lot of folks strive not to help because they always think that finances is always going to be in in play, you know, because everybody is, you know, we all are having our own issues, our own struggles, you know, financially, you know, and and a lot of people think that that's what's it, that's what they're going to ask for. But it, like you said, it is not even that. I mean, if some people just want to feel loved. You know, some people just want to feel like there's somebody in their corner. They yeah. sometimes people just want to have a listening ear, somebody to hear them. You know, um, mm -hmm. you know, that's pretty much what a lot of folks and even like with suicides, you know, I found out that I, although my mother committed suicide, um, but of course, she never was herself because of situations and medicine and stuff. But a lot of times people that I hear now. Um, when they talk about, I don't want to be here no more. This life is too hard. I'm sick of all of this. And the first thing I told myself, well, baby, you're not finna die on my watch. I'm not finna let you go like that. I said, and they be like, oh, you just stop. You just get out of here with all that. I said, I don't care. You can say whatever you want, cuss me out all you can. I said, but I'm not finna let you go on my watch. I'm going to talk some life into you. I said, and I'm going to encourage you until you feel encouraged. I said, because you're not going, I said, you got too much more you got to do. I said, and now we're not going to sabotage none of this. This is how I talk to him, you know, and I just want to just, you know, put life back into him because the enemy is tricking him thinking that, okay, let me just end my life. It'll be okay. No, you don't understand. Yes, you may live here, leave here, but it's the aftermath that the people have to feel after you're gone. And so I'm like, no, nah, brother, you ain't mom. You ain't going to do that. So I know that there's people out there like myself, and, and I know you all, but there's other folks that are out there as well that wants to help people and wants to really be into uh, people's lives to help encourage them and to, you know, to just put life into them. Because right now I see where a lot of folks are just the first thing. How do you have love? How do you say you love God and you can't even love yourself? You know, um, and I'm just saying, you know, we got to push love again because as you see there's so much hatred 
There's so much dissension. There's so much division. There's so much that's going on. And yes, it's in the church, you know. <laughs> and yes, it is, you know. But we got to push love again because love can overcome all this stuff. It overcomes all this this mess. It does. But we have to first push it. And people really have to be in a place of honesty sincerity transparency you know being truly who they are and stop trying to be something that you're not you know just saying i just and i just love when people are authentic authentic because you can learn from people that way i can't learn from you if you being somebody you're not but i can Mm -hmm. learn from you when you're sharing your your gift with me you know, whether it's prophesying or preaching, I'm listening to the words. I'm hearing how God has inspired you, why he's using you to give that. I'm looking at your example, you know, why Pastor Jay is being a pastor. I'm looking at how you're treating the people, how you're talking to them, and if I can help. But when you're authentic, it, it speaks in and of itself, you know, and it's not always to be, it's not always easy to be real because people don't always like the fact that, you know, they don't always like that. They like you to, to sugarcoat everything. And I'm not saying that because sometimes you have to be firm or sometimes you have to step away or sometimes you have to disagree. But there's so much that we can appreciate when people are uh, authentic and they allow God to develop and use them. And we see what God's doing in them and see and learn from their story. It's just a beautiful thing. Amen. With that, anybody... But yeah, I was gonna say. With that being said, um, anybody got any last things that they want to leave? I'll leave it like this. Yes, we talked about a lot. I hope there was a lot of nuggets, a lot of gems. I hope it encouraged you. I hope it was a reflection to be of how I can elevate my game and my Christian walk. And if it's somebody out there that feel like they need to renew or recommit their life to Christ, because some of us, we, we get to moments where you got to recommit your life to Christ. Cause you got stale. You kind of backslid enough that you felt like you in an in-between moment. I just encourage you to be able to recommit your life, start building, start rekindling that love with Christ again, where you could be back on fire. And kindle that that little little spark that you still have in there and so that you can hear the Holy Spirit clearly so that you could be able to love people because some of us have got so desensitized that we don't love people no more. But the Bible says that how can you love a God you can't see but hate a brother and sister you do see? So we got to get back to love again and as the main root. So I encourage you to recommit your life back to Christ. I, com- I, I, I encourage you to read your word again, to pray again, and to trust God in his fullness with what he has planned for you because he has hope, joy, and a future and has no evil intent for you. So if you know that, be able to speak that over your life and understand that this is real, this is warfare, and I, I don't want you to die. So make sure that you can reconnect back to the source that can cover you and put a hedge of protection around you. And that's all I got to say, because I could start preaching on that again. But I'm, <laughs> that's all I can say. What y'all got to say? I think you said it all. Um, <laughs> Amen. You, you said it all. So yeah, I just pray that people ears are um, have been really opened and that. You know, if you don't take everything that we said, take something that's concrete that will actually penetrate your heart and give you a new direction 
I mean, if you know you haven't been doing what you supposed to be doing, you need to take some type of um, uh, what they call it, uh, a redirection, you know, revisit some things and just start, you know, if you got to put it on the board, put it on the board. But if you got to write it down, write it down, whatever it is, find yourself doing something better. You know, because tomorrow is not promised. The next second is not promised. And I, I, you know, I behoove anybody, you know, get it together. Because I'd rather see heaven than to see hell, I'm just saying. Amen. I would say do not kill people in their process. While they're transitioning, while they're learning, while they're growing, while they are yet on their way, while they are, are a, a little ways off, do not kill people. In their process and i just want to say that we just love you and we thank you for listening and we hope that the lord bless your coming and going and he give you the desires of your heart as you submit yourself to him and walk in humility and loving and kindness amen see y'all next week amen <laughs>